Welcome back to Rhythm and Muse. You're back for episode number two. If you have not watched episode number one, it was with Tyrone McQueen and his songs. If you haven't listened to his song, Mono X, so watch out for his new music. Um, if you don't know, Rhythm and Muse is about into um I'm so sorry. <laughs> Independent artists in Baltimore, Maryland, mainstream and underground. And this is a platform where those artists can speak about their music and speak their mind or whatever, because we don't really have that nowadays. But Yes, this is where all that will happen. So tonight, I have a guest. I have performed with her. I watched her perform. She's been on the shade room. She has been getting a lot of clout in Baltimore and more. She's the sweetest person I've ever known. Please welcome to the screen, Ching, a TR. How are you? How are you? You gotta meet yourself. Okay, how are you? I'm muted. No, you're not muted now. You're good. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, <laughs> good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for being on Rhythm and Muse tonight. It's really, it's really nice having you. It's good. Thank you for it's having her. me. She's... No problem. Okay, let's run into it. If you guys don't know, she has a song out called Anxiety, and I felt that song on a really spiritual level. So let's talk about the song. What made you release a song? Like, what was your creative process with that one? song um anxiety that that song was a lot deeper than the surface for me um I grew up around a lot of drug addiction alcohol abuse stuff of that sort so when I wrote that song while you know being stuck in the house during the pandemic um I lost my father to drugs so that song was kind of dedicated to him 
And then I wrote it from the point of view of me being around people that still doing drugs and me not really understanding why they still doing it when they just seen somebody lose their life to drugs. So it was like, I was mad at the people that I was around that was still using. So I had to put myself in their shoes and kind of write a song. I guess from their viewpoint on life, like it's not just that they take drugs, it's more so like a disease. It's not that easy to just stop taking drugs. So yeah, that's where anxiety came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally understand it. Um, how do you handle your, because um, since you've been around it, how do you handle your anxieties? How do you handle it? Like if you can shed light on the people who do have it, how do you handle yours? Uh, my anxiety my anxiety is really bad like I got very bad social anxiety I hate being out in large crowds and stuff but it's like uh sometimes I put on my chink mask chink can be wherever she wants to be be whatever she wants like it's not a problem but Alexis is like it's tough like I don't even know like my social anxiety just makes me does not want to do anything. So I'll take like stuff to try to calm me down. Like I'm a heavy smoker, but I don't like to use that to help with anxiety because it don't help that much. But I started uh, using CBD and it calms me down a lot. So it just is like a relaxant. Doesn't have any side effects or anything. That's what I do personally. <laughs> um, as far as depression, I don't do therapy or anything to help with my depression. I kind of use music, go out places, just do stuff. Like I like to try a lot of new things, try new foods to help out with that. But music is definitely my number one outlet for everything. I like that. UCBD, because that actually helps. So I take a chink is your alter ego in a way. Yeah. I guess yeah. you could put it that way. Chink is like the fearless version of me. Like, you know, everybody get nervous. You know, artists in general, you know, you got to perform in front of a thousand people plus. Like, it's just, it's never ending. So, Chink is like that person. When I know I got to do something I don't want to do, I can still do it because Chink is already famous. So, nice. I just okay. look at it that way. So where did that name come from? Because that's a really unique name. So where did that where did that name come from? Chink came from uh, my great grandmother. I never got to meet her, but her name is Chink. She was from the Philippines, and my father started calling me Chink after the name that she was given. So he started calling me Chink when I was younger, but I never really paid attention to the nickname until I started rapping. And I I don't know. I just started calling myself Chink. Just using that as a stage name. That's nice. I like that. So it goes back to family. If that like it goes yeah. back to family. I like that. That's really nice. Um, let me see. Um, what was the feedback you got after you wrote anxiety in that sort? The feedback, honestly, I don't usually share my music with people before I record it because they're not an artist, so sometimes people won't actually understand the process of the way music sounds before it gets recorded until it was like the final piece. So I kind of kept it to myself. But when I before I record things, most of the time I'll have it memorized before I go to the studio. So I went to the studio. 
I ain't take nobody to the studio with me. And I didn't because it was such a personal song and I didn't really want all of them people around me. So when I recorded it, it didn't really sound how it sounded until the end of the song. I usually wait till the end of the song to do my ad-libs and then the ad-libs, I kind of just got lost. And I started just saying, yeah, yeah. In the background, <laughs> I just kept saying stuff. So the producer was like, Hold, like he let me do my thing, but then when we finished, he was like, oh, that shit was hard, Ching. And um, I just got him to loop it through the whole song. So it, I think it brought out the song a lot more, having okay. harmony under the music. I like that. Well, the song is really beautiful, by the way. I like it a lot. Um, So we got your music video. We got the song. I like the music video because it's on a deeper level. Um, If you guys not heard the song Anxiety, well, lucky for you, we're going here today with the music video. So we're going to play that right now.
that was me. Ooh. All right. I like the music video. So what was the process with the music video? Because that was, was very creative. So what was that about? Coming up with that music video, uh, it was easy, but it was hard. It was easy because, like, uh, the concepts just came to me naturally. But actually trying to be a creative director for your own music, that's really hard. So <laughs> basically all I done was I came up with the whole video treatment. And I met with the videographers. And we kind of just collabed to make anxiety. Okay. All right. Um, what was your part of the music video? You said my favorite part. What was your favorite part? My favorite part was probably the running scene. Behind the scenes filming it, that was the very first scene that I filmed. That scene, it was crazy because uh, one, I had to chase a drone. And I ended up getting lost in the middle of a field. Like I was just running, not realizing how far I was going. Oh, wow. The point where they was trying to move the drone. I just wasn't really picking field to come get me. So that was probably the funnest part. That's cool. Okay, so we're going to dive into some personal life questions. It's not really deep, but just, you know, personal life questions. When did you first start performing? Uh, I want to say I was in seventh or eighth grade when I had my first performance. Um, it was for a talent show. I think it was uh, on Liberty Road. Some talent show on Liberty Road. What well, did you win? Was it a competition or was it just No, like it was rigged. I really won. But you already know how that go. They be cheating, all that other stuff. I had a whole bunch of people there with me in support too. But, I mean, it was just a performance. I wasn't taking it to the heart. It's okay. You won in the end. It, it don't even matter yeah. because in um, what makes your music unique from others? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I would say I put myself a hundred percent into the music. Like I write everything that I live or things that I've been through. I usually put that into my music. Um, I would say that's unique based upon the fact that a lot of people don't put their real life in music. They tell stories a lot. But I guess I, I really can't say because y'all didn't hear the new music. I got some new music dropping. That music, I feel like I'm really starting to find my pocket. And until y'all can hear that pocket, y'all be able to understand why I think my music is so unique. Okay. Well, you posted something on Instagram. But we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, so what made you start to rap? Rap and sing? Well, mostly rap. Um, well, I started writing music when I was nine. I used to, like, rap on little rap apps. I think it was an app called Rap Wars that I used to rap on. Um, and then I want to say I was in seventh grade and one of my grandmother friends was trying to start up a label and she already had artists so she came and heard me rap and she took me to the studio so I was probably 
Yeah, I was in seventh grade when I actually started recording. But I don't know. Like, I really can't say what made me pick up a pen and started writing. Like, I just don't know. It just kind of happened before I was even realizing what was going on. Like, out the womb type of thing? Like, it just happened just like... I ain't going to say out the womb, but I want to say maybe... Because I've always been an introvert. So I always been into art, stuff like that. But I used to listen to, matter of fact, I'm going to say I was in like third grade and I started playing garage band, I think. And it opened me up to like genres of music that I never heard, stuff like that. And I guess then I was just so into the music, like all these old songs that they had on there. I guess I just started writing like I could do this too. I like that. You like that. You just started to see me young. Okay, okay. So who do you plan on? Oh, um, what artist do you want to collaborate with in the future? Because everyone has one. So which one would you want to collaborate with in the future? Kaylani is my favorite artist of all time. So definitely it would be her. <laughs> okay, well, name your top three. Because that was one, but we're going to go two more. So name your top, top three, three artists you want to collaborate with. All right, Kaylani, I'm gonna say her. Uh, who else? I would say G Herbo. I'm a big fan of him. Okay. And the kid Leroy, he a new artist, but I really like his music. So okay, all right, I like that. Um, so you performed at different places. I've seen you perform at different places. Everyone see you perform at different places. Where's your favorite place to perform at? Um, your favorite venue? I would say when I performed for my high school pet rally, that was probably one of my favorite performances because a lot of people in my high school didn't know that I made music. Even teachers, they didn't even know that I made music. So it was like I really had to come out of a shell that I never came out before to be able to perform in front of all these people that I'm in the same building with every day. I think that was my and that was a fun performance too. So. Okay, well, like, how was the outcome of that? Like, were people like, oh, my gosh, you can rap? Like, what? What? Uh, the outcome, I had to finesse the crowd. So I had a, uh, I went and bought four balls and had a couple people throwing the balls in the crowd while I was performing because I had to go to four different stands. So it was tiring. But I guess the outcome was the shock of these people that had never seen me uh, do anything out the ordinary for me to get up there and perform in front of a thousand people. It shocked a lot of people. Right. I like that. So what are your ambitions of a um of a songwriter and a rapper? Um of a songwriter, I want to be able to write hits for anybody. Like I don't just want to write rap. I'm trying to write country, rock, everything. Like I just wanna write good music for people. And I don't think all the music that I write is for me. I can't sing or what I hear sometimes might not be for my voice. So I think that I could pitch songs to a couple of artists. Okay, well, that brings me to my next question. Do you write music for, do you create music for yourself or do you create music for other people? I mostly create music for myself because I haven't really been in that position to pitch music just yet. I'm still trying to build my buzz up so that people can actually want to get music from me. But um, 
sometimes I might write a song and I might think it's for me, but when I record it, and if I don't like the song recorded because of how my voice sounds, it don't mean that I don't like the song overall. But I recorded a couple tracks that I didn't like for myself that I think would be good songs to pitch to somebody. Okay, I like that. I'm going to keep that in mind. So who or what influenced you the most? Um, right now, one of my newest influences will be uh, my niece and my little brother. I got a eight-month-old niece, and my little brother is two. So they inspire me um, a lot to do things like it's crazy. Um, Industry-wise, I would say Lexi Ollajay. She passed away in 2020, but, yeah, she definitely was a big influence. Uh, she was, like, the female version of J. Cole. So just imagine that. She was dope. Really? Okay. Well, I'm going to have to check her, right? So there's a lot of things in the rap community. And, you know, people tend to rap. So how do you plan to change in the rap community? How do you plan on doing that? Can you say that one more time? It um, went out on my end. Change in the rap community because you know people. Some rappers rap about the same stuff. But how do you plan on making a change? Um, probably. I think the genre of music that I'm about to start putting out is technically still hip hop, but I think it kind of got the chink flare on it. So I don't know. Like I feel like trap rap is was in, but. I want to bring two different genres of music together to create a new lane, almost. Like, I listen to a lot of old music, music from beyond my time. So I used to sample a lot. A lot of my older music is sampled. But now I'm trying to bring in a lot more live instruments and put have people listening to sounds and things that they might not even know was a part of another genre of music. Okay. Okay, so um, what is your cre? No, that's not what I was about to say. Um, first studio time. What is your definition of a good studio session? A good a studio session is. I got an example. I had a studio session. I had three hours. I booked three hours. Well, actually, I booked five hours. But out of the five hours, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna record for three hours, and the next two hours, I'm gonna get whatever I record mixed." So I ended up recording seven songs. Um, I think me getting energy, like a energy level that I need and want through all the songs that I record through a session, I think that's a good session. Me having the ad-libs right, ins and outs, like everything energy-wise, voice-wise, having all of that where I wanted to be for a session is a good session. Okay, all right. So we know that you have gotten a lot of talk from the song Mask Up over the pandemic. I remember. Um, if y'all don't know, she's been on the shade room. She's been going viral on Twitter. She's been she's been doing it. She's been doing the damn thing with the song. Excuse my language. But her song Mask Up, we're gonna listen to that right now. If you had not listened to it already. Six feet, that's what social distance means. Back up and practice social distance. 
is the only song that I didn't write myself that I recorded. So that song was, it was just for a commercial. Like I couldn't really put chink in that song. I mean, I performed it, but it really wasn't my song. So somebody um, needed a young, fresh face for a commercial and they asked me to do it and I rapped. So they said they would like my voice to be on the track. So that's just how that happened. Okay, so what was the commercial? The commercial was to promote a mask um, brand. And yeah, they just was like, we trying to do something dope. More so like a 90s vibe, but new era type vibe. So um, I guess they were trying to come up with something catchy that might catch people's eyes as far as the color, stuff like that. Oh. Okay, okay, because I was just like, actually, really, what happened? What happened? So, um, you, you was performing, uh, you was performing somewhere, and I know you, you're used to performing in front of adults, you were performing in front of cameras. So, did that feel like weird in any type of way, or was it just like normal? Yeah, it was definitely weird because, one, I'd never been to a press conference or anything, so I didn't know what to expect going in. And because it was COVID-19, things were a lot different, like the protocols and how we had to do things. So I went there with two members from my team, and they was like, all you got to do is perform for these cameras. But I'm just looking at them, and it took them forever to set the cameras up. It's all these, like, big old movie cameras. Um so it was weird because having a microphone, being in a room full of empty people, you don't want to be screaming and having a microphone being too loud. So I was trying to perform at a tone where the right. cameras would pick everything up and everything would go smoothly. Okay. All right. So um, as far as that happened, like, who told you, like, hey, yo, you have a shave room, like, how did that go? Because I know you got a lot of clout off of that. So how did you find out that she was on the shade room? So somebody called me and was like, um, well, he, my cousin texted me 
I didn't respond to the text because I wasn't worried about my phone. He called me and was like, man, tell me why you, you on Twitter, you just went viral on Twitter. He was like, a lot of the comments are negative and all of that. He was like, but don't take it personal. So at this time, I haven't even seen it. So the first thing that I'd done was told him to send it to me and I sent it to my manager. And then my manager was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. We going viral, we going viral. But like the whole thing of somebody going viral to me, I know it's a big accomplishment, but I mean, I didn't really know how to take it. So then I'm out, I was out back, I was back here and, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, so I was out back and my mother, she just started screaming. She was like, oh my gosh, you wanna shave him? You wanna shave him? And that dad had a whole bunch of people over my house. So everybody just started getting on their phones, on the shade room, just looking. And they was clowning me. Like, everything was negative. 90% of it was negative. They was clowning me, saying I look like the I got a pencil girl, stuff like that. But, I mean, what? for me, it just went to show, like, uh, people would judge you not even knowing the story. Like, the story wasn't put out front. The only thing that was put out front was the performance. And they was really only went viral because of the lady that was doing sign language behind me. So that was really the viral factor of the video. So the viral fact was was a speech interpreter. Well, how did you handle like the negative comments? You say why did I what? How did you handle the negative? Um, it was kind of easy because. I don't really worry about what people say about things that they don't know about. So they was just saying stuff like I can't rap. I even had Tamar throwing shots at me. So a lot of it was funny to see yourself in front of millions of people and see seeing how they react to something that you're doing. The only reason I think it didn't really bother me was because it wasn't my music that was being broadcasted. It was a commercial skit more so. So... Tamar was on there. I seen her comment. I forget. She said something. She gotta be from the. Yeah, they was like she gotta be from the county or something like that. But Tamar not even really from Baltimore. If y'all don't know, there you go. She's not really from Baltimore. But I mean, I don't. Um, I grew up over West Baltimore, but I don't claim. I don't claim any areas. I'm over East now, but I mean, I moved a lot, so I can't. There's no areas for me to claim. Oh, she just she just said Tamar and I even from out here. Like she just completely flamed. I'm like, wow, okay. Um, so did did this um experience inspire you? Mm, wow, did this experience inspire you to keep making music? Yeah, the only thing, the worst part about the experience was I had a lot of music recorded, everything set to go, but it wasn't out. So it was like, I kind of was in a lab at that time, just working, trying to really curate my sound. So I didn't have any music out to back up them saying that I couldn't rap or, you know, them actually having music to come back and listen to. But um, it, it inspired me because I felt like, dang, if I can make it to the shade room once over something that that I didn't expect to go viral, I probably could do it again. But the next time that I do it, I want to make sure that I got the content that the people need to see to come to my page. 
Right, right. Because shade room kind of be negative or whatever, but that's neither here or there. Um, what were your thoughts after you found out that you went viral? Like, what was your what was your thoughts like after that? Um, my thoughts was I felt like I needed to drop a song. Like I felt like I needed to drop something the same day, but the process just don't work like that. Like it just don't. If you want to, if I feel like if I'm gonna put out something, I want to make sure that I'm putting it out in the right way. So me trying to drop music right then and there wasn't really the best idea. So that's why I didn't put out music after I went viral. Yeah. So what is your creative process like as a whole? Um, just making music. Yes. Um, sometimes if I hear something out of the ordinary or I just think of something, I'll write a line down. And if I hear a beat, if the beat can make me feel something similar to what I type down, like just a simple phrase, then I'll excellent. You kind of um, you kind of want me to for a little second there. We can't hear you. You kind of muted. Can you hear? Yeah, we can't. You now, but it's kind of muffled now. You can hear me now? Yeah. All right. So can you ask me that question one more time? Um, what's your creative process like as far as uh, just you being an artist? What is what is your creative process like? Uh, So most of the time, I like I said, um, I'll listen to a beat. Most of, I don't usually write music without having a beat playing unless I hear something crazy like, ooh, this would be a good topic. The, write something about so i usually listen to a beat and however the beat makes me feel is how i usually write okay all right all right all right i like that um do you enjoy recording more or performing uh i would say recording i haven't performed as much as i would like i haven't performed a lot since the pandemic but performing is fun because you get to directly connect to people that's watching you perform Okay. And they might become a fan based off of your energy, just performing, not even caring about the music. But I would have to say I like being in the studio more. The studio was fun. Like, so much good vibes come through a studio session. Um, you know, you're getting feedback from the people that you have in the room with you, the producer. And just experimenting with your voice. Like, I, I like to experiment when I'm in the studio a lot um my connection i'm pretty terrible over
still froze. So are you still here? You you muted. I'm still here. All right. So I, I guess I'll take over this portion. <laughs> um, everybody, I'm E Digger, the uh CEO and uh managing editor of Charm City Direct TV. Um it's so good to have you on the show. Um so gonna wait until Monique come back and get situated. I just want to say one thing. I love your music. Thank you. Thank I need you. to say that. And one thing I wanted to ask, um, of course, your what is your genre? What is, who, the music that you do, who do you cater to? Or do you have an audience that you cater to? Uh, right now, I don't. I, I don't really think I have enough music put out to say that I do have an audience that I'm catering to. Okay. Um, hip hop. I feel like I can branch out into any genre of hip hop, really. Okay. okay. But yeah, I don't. I don't think I have enough music out yet to say that I, you know, cater to anybody. Right. Right. All right. I'm gonna turn this back over to Mo, and y'all have a great interview. All right. I'm sorry. My connection is terrible. I'm. I'm now on my phone. My connection decided to be really, really wonky. Can you hear me well? Am I good? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, good. Where was I at? I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um, after being on the shaver and stuff like that, that's where I was. I'm so sorry. Did any new um, opportunities come about after this song or after the interview or just after everything? Or did everything just stay like the same? Um, I had a lot of people come to my page uh, saying crazy stuff. I mean, that didn't really bother me, like I said, because I know that I do make great music, but it just wasn't there. I did get an opportunity. Um, I believe Creative Music Group in LA reached out to somebody um, on my team, and they wanted to distribute, mask up the song. So I had a lot of things following up the mask up, but because of the George Floyd situation, a lot of that stuff kind of fell off because it just wasn't, it couldn't really move the way we wanted it to because of everything that was going on around that situation. It kind of just wasn't the right time. I, I, yeah, it, it just wasn't the right time. That's understandable. That's fine. That, that's fine. Um, so you posted on your page that you got some new songs coming out. I think it's called. Yeah, so that's the next single that I'm going to drop. I can't wait. So what is that song about? What is it about? Um, That song is about coming from a dark, a darker place, you know, not being in the best spot, space mentally, but then, um, you know, looking around at the things that you can celebrate, like 
just forget about it. Let's just let's have a toast. Let's just celebrate the stuff that we can celebrate. So that's the mindset that I had. So was, I think it's a fun, a fun song. Okay. Did anyone help you with the song, or like usual, you just came up with it by yourself? Uh, I write all my music, so. Yeah, I done it myself. I just wrote it, went to the studio and recorded it. Okay. I kind of felt that same night, like, oh yeah, like the song turned out to be a lot better than what I thought it was gonna be. Um, and it had like a a dope vibe to it that I think people need. So. Okay. Well, how would you describe the song? Like how? I would describe the song. I'm from Baltimore, so. You could sit some crabs on the table and a wine cooler. That's just what the song make me feel like. Like I'm relaxing, I'm enjoying myself. That's just my perspective. I feel like it's a Cali vibe. Like I give off Cali vibes in that song. Yeah, okay, okay. So all y'all down there, like crabs and wine coolers and cookouts. This may be the song that y'all need to turn up to. Um so when it comes down to the music industry and independent artists, it could kind of be a little bit weird. So do you have any take on the music industry or what is your opinion on the music industry as a whole and what could possibly change or if you could change something about the music industry? Um, The music industry, I think, I think it's rigged, but I'm not really in it deep enough to prove that it's rigged. But just being on the outside looking in, I def I do want to stay independent. The only thing about being independent is the funds. When you being pushed by a label, they putting the money behind you, but they keeping all your music. <laughs> they keeping all the rights to your music. So I would rather stay independent. If I could change something about the industry, um, I don't know. I guess I would say. <laughs> maybe open up a little bit more to the underground because there's a lot of talent underground that's been overlooked so i would okay, probably okay so do you feel it just like things. in this okay i like that so do you feel as if like in this city alone a lot of people kind of don't realize there's a lot of talent or people just kind of bypass it um I think it's bypassed simply because when you don't have clout to back up your talent, they don't really think that you're talented. I mean, you might have a handful of people that do think you're talented, but then people follow the crowd. So if there's a crowd following one person, the label knows that they can make money off of that person. So, of course, they're going to pick up that person that they know for sure they already got money coming in compared to somebody that they would have to help generate sales, stuff like that. Got it, got it. I completely understand. I get that. Um, in the black community, do you think that it's kind of hard for independent artists to kind of be out there or they're not out there enough or things of that nature? Um, I think it's tough for us because I know me growing up trying to do music, people wanted me to talk more about the street side, but me personally, I'm not in the street, so I don't really want to talk about that type of lifestyle. 
I would rather talk about stuff that I want to hear people talking about, stuff that people don't really talk about a lot in music. So it's hard because it's like when you're talking about something that a lot of other people don't really want to talk about, it's like, yeah, whatever. That's not what's in. That's not what's popping. They don't really want to listen to you. Right. Right. So do you kind of get that feedback from people like in your corner or your fan base? Like, do they want you to talk about that? Or every time you decline it, they just kind of get in their feelings a little bit? Um, I would say my family more so is the ones uh, that probably will want me to talk more about the street side. Oh, the dudes. I'm going to say the dudes because I grew up around a lot of street dudes. So, of course, that's what they want to hear. They want to listen to something that they can more so relate to. So, I mean, I feel like I put some of it in my music. Like with anxiety, I, I spoke from an artistic point of view, but I put a lot about things that I was growing up around in a song. So, I don't know. So I feel like, like my fans, like, it, um, I never really had a stable fan base. But ever since I dropped Anxiety, my fan base shot up. Like, a lot of people from out of nowhere um, started hitting me up and stuff about music. So, now I feel like I am starting to build a stable fan base. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, like... Do you think that you're way different from what people usually listen to nowadays? Like, do you feel as if like you're like in a whole different category? Um, I want to say yeah. Um, I'm in a different category than a lot of people in Baltimore. I'll put it that way. But I can't really say because it's like I haven't put out enough music for people to really take me as anybody yet. Like. I was getting a lot of people saying, oh, you sound like Juice World for anxiety, but if I drop another track and I have different vibes, then they're not going to put me in that Juice World box no more. Well, you don't sound like Juice World at all, for one. You sound like yourself. I, that's just me, personally. People, everyone who's watching, they can pro, like they can say, like, you don't sound like Juice World, but that's not even You don't sound like Juice World to me. Um, <laughs> so as far as the album is concerned, do you plan on putting out a bigger project soon or do you just want to stick with, um, the singles for now? Um, I do want to put out a project, but I, I want to wait till I feel like the people are ready. Like, I don't just want to put out a good project and then they not get heard. So I'm working on my marketing skills, stuff like that. And I think if I drop a couple singles to see, you know, what, what my fans really like from me, then I'll be able to put out a project. Okay, so if you were to put out a project, um, how would you want it to sound like? What would you want the, um, how would you want to grasp the crowd with the project? Uh, my first project, like my first major project that I will put out, I probably, uh, the box that I, I'm in right now is probably my favorite. I'm in this like, alternate rock trap pocket so that's just a little bit of insight on the music that's coming next week but um yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah i really put much thought into it i can tell or like you just like not really worried about it right now no i 
I haven't really put much thought into a project, but if I did drop a project, say if I was dropping a project tomorrow, it probably would be more so trying to connect to what we going through now, like being and living in a pandemic, you know, like that has a big toll on mental health. So I probably would speak from that perspective more so. Speaking of the pandemic, how are you doing during the pandemic, even though we got vaccines or whatever the case may be? How are you handling the pandemic um, as an artist, just as your personal self, when you're not behind, like when you're not in camera, you're not working? How are you handling the pandemic now? Um, I, I'm an introvert, but I hate being in the house. Like, I'm always running in and out. I, I hate being in the house. So when the pandemic first hit, that was tough. The studio was shut down. It was like, dang, like, what am I about to do? I cannot stand the house. So now that things opened up a little bit more, I'm in a studio a lot. So it's not the same. Like, it used to be a lot of people going in and out of the studio all day. I would be meeting <clears throat> a lot of new people. But now it's just more so like, all right, we got a session here and there. So I don't even go into other people's sessions now because it's just it's coronavirus. You don't want to mix the air they gotta sanitize everything but i'm back in the studio so i'm just living life like larry right now we love that we love that so before like before cities were open how did you try to because like as an artist i know it's hard to get to not be able to go into the studio when you've got these good songs so how was you trying to keep yourself sane that you could not record um i deal with depression like i i really do deal with that directly myself so sometimes i might hit a time where i can't write music like i just can't it'd be harder for me to write music so not being able to be in a studio around other people that's creating that your ideas can bounce off it's tough so i think when i i recorded anxiety probably in august i want to say um, I was coming out of like a a writer's block, for real, for real. So anxiety kind of got me out of that writer's block and back into the writing. So I was so in and out. Because I like hmm? that. So I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what's going on my connection, but it's me. But um, I have writer's block, so this could be for me and other people. How do you handle writer's block? Like, how do you pull yourself out of that? to write uh to write music uh the easiest thing for me to do is to be in creative energy like it's easy to sit and write music in a house but you just got so much distractions like i i got a lot of distractions in my house so i'll just leave go to the studio sit in the studio i won't even record i'll just sit there listen to beats just try to come up with something and whatever i might flip through a whole bunch of beats but if one beat give me a certain feeling, like I'll just stick with that and I'll keep trying to add to that song. But I do, as a writer, I do bounce. I'll probably be writing four or five songs at the same time. That's bad. I, I really just be wanting to finish one song right then and there, but it don't always happen. Sometimes I just need to get my ideas flowing, so I'll just keep hopping back and forth from different songs. Right, right, right. I get that. So, as an artist, what are you most, what are you most passionate about? 
Um, I don't know. I think I like, I really like my voice now. So when I first started rapping, I didn't really like my voice, but now I feel like, um, you know, I'm growing up. So my voice is kind of where it's going to be at for a while. So I would say I'm most passionate about creating something like I know if I got a hit song because I'll leave the studio and I'll keep replaying the song over and over, even before it gets mixed. Like I can kind of tell what the song is going to sound like already. So I guess I'm really passionate about writing, being able to write my own music. Okay, I and like being that. able so to you know get the ideas off that I'm trying to get off. Um, so you have a question. Are you open to working with different producers or do you have a main producer? That's a very good question. Um, producing, do you mean beat making wise or do you just mean like just being in the studio with an engineer producing? I was saying um, I'm, I'm open to working being in the studio. Um being in the studio. I'm open to working with producers like now that we kind of coming out of the pandemic, I'm not just sticking with one person. I'm trying to, you know, move around and get the networking again. So, yeah, I'm not I'm open with working with producers, anybody that got a passion for what they do and want to create music like me. I will work with. them. I just like to be around people that's 100 percent passionate about what they do. Whereas though you work with somebody and they like, man, uh, I do this for fun sometimes, but I ain't really feeling it right now. No, I, I like to be around people that's giving off the same energy that I'm giving off. Right, right, right. Um, it may be delayed on my end. I'm so sorry if I'm very silent and you're not talking. Um, so do you have a dream producer that you would want to work with? Um. Hmm. I don't know. I probably would want to work with Kanye. Kanye is crazy. I would definitely want to work with him. Great. We like that. We like working with Kanye. So, um, as an artist, where do you see yourself in the in the next few months to a year? Well, let's just knock it up to two years. Where do you see yourself in the next two years as an artist? In the next two years, I see myself, I built a, a nice little fan base. I probably see myself, if I'm not already uh, heading to the industry, um, I do see myself being a successful artist, being able to get out of Baltimore within the next two years. Um, not only being an artist, just being an entrepreneur. Like I don't think music is going to be the only thing that can help somebody stay afloat like you got to do a lot of things on the business side to keep your career flowing so okay so what else do you do besides making music um well i mean i would want to rap i would want to write songs for other artists um i'm into fashion i want to start a clothing line which is something that I've always wanted to do, but I want to start a clothing line in dedication to my father. He was kind of artsy like me, and he left uh, an idea behind that I want to pick up on and bring it to reality. I do want to act. I ain't trying to be like the greatest movie person, but 
I'm I do want to act like uh I got mask up under my belt. That was really more so like an acting gig. It was just like a commercial gig, so I wouldn't mind uh being in movies. Okay, all right, that's like a little you put that on your resume. So um, for anyone who's trying to be uh in your position as far as the artist is concerned, do you have any advice for anybody who's trying to reach where you are now or who's afraid to? Um. My advice for any upcoming artist like myself would be to stay consistent. I think that was my biggest problem. I wasn't consistent because um, it costs, it really do cost to be able to put music out. Like I just started learning more about marketing and promo, stuff like that. So now that I'm learning that, um, my goal is to say, ain't coming out, to stay consistent with everything. <laughs> videos songs anything that i do i want to stay consistent to show people that yeah i'm really trying to do this for real and it's not just a hobby great i like that i like that so you'll never end of the show thank you for being on the show ching i really enjoyed you i really loved your background if you guys have not already listened to her song um anxiety and mask up and pay attention to her feed i think her new music is coming out monday I believe yep. it's coming on Monday. I can't wait to hear it personally, but you guys should hear it too. Um, if you guys don't know, this will be up on Charm City Network on Facebook and YouTube and also on rhythmandmusepodcast.com. And stay tuned for next Friday. We have a very special guest. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you, Ching. Bye. All right. Thanks for having me. No problem. Bye. Thank you for watching another great live broadcast on Charm City Direct TV. Make sure you head on over to YouTube, Facebook Live, and Twitter for more great content on Charm City Direct TV. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow everything Charm City Direct TV.